everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Horror Friendly Podcast. I am Katie, and I am joined <laughs> again. I'm trying to do it differently this time. By I am my Katie. two, <laughs> by my two companions, Charlie Amigos. and Chantal. Hello, both of you. Hey, hola. We've been downgraded from friends to companions. Yeah, your next acquaintances. acquaintances. Yeah. We're such a pain in the arse. You're like, no, no, just the acquaintances now. How are you both? Good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> Good. I don't know why I put my thumbs up then, because like, no one can see this. No, no one can see that. I did thumbs up. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Uh, what have you guys been up to? London. Ah, yes, London. Yeah. You've been going around all the uh, 28 days later landmarks? Uh, no. <laughs> Actually saying that, no, I did go to Westminster Bridge. Um, so technically, yes. Uh, I also went through Tottenham Court Road a few times. So uh, a bit of American werewolf. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I did. Yeah, because I went to Leicester Square. I was literally right by Leicester Square for like a few a fair few days so you know what there's me saying no yes I did I went to lots of landmarks for... you've changed your answer <laughs> I, I, I'm just going back on myself now I'm actually thinking about it what have you guys been up to got she got covid I'm sorry actually, I got... okay I, I'm uh what have I been up to uh <laughs> work I've been trying to find more Halloween shit I finally got all my Halloween shit out so yeah. I say I've been trying to find more. I'm probably not going to get any more, but um, I like looking. I like looking. Well, so on my lunch break, I've been going to Tesco's, but there isn't really much out in there. So uh, yeah, that's I about it that, for me. Saying that you did come around mine last night to obviously watch this week's film, and we did end up watching a few YouTube videos of Halloween hauls. We did. That was fun. Yeah, it was great. We should uh, definitely. Do that more often, Baby G. Yeah, Baby G. Tell can come along as well, obviously. Oh, thanks. When she when stopped coughing her guts off. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know what happened, but I was like, it felt, I must have just like inhaled <laughs> dust because all I could feel was something in my throat and I couldn't get it out. Was it Was it a baddie? <laughs> maybe, maybe, or I just need to clean and dust my room, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> or dust your throat. Dust my throat. Oi, oi. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> have you been up to anything, Tell? <laughs> I've been up to loads. Like, I think since last time I saw you guys, I've been like up to Yorkshire and back. I've been fuck. I went to see Daniel's Lost the other day. There's been loads going on. But we're back and we're here to record. So should we do this? Let's do this. star Johnny Depp in his uh, introducing role into the world of Hollywood and as I'm sure you're all aware there is an ongoing case between him and his ex-wife Amber Heard 
obviously we're just going to be focusing on the movie itself so we're just going to stay obviously neutral to his personal life as it is an ongoing case Okay, so this week we are doing Nightmare on Elm Street. It is here. It is one of my favourites and we are doing it. So a young girl realises that she has to stay awake at any cost to avoid the clawed killer who is butchering her friends one by one in their dreams. And it was directed by Wes Craven. What a babe. Charlie, you saw this for the first time yesterday. What did you think? about to slaughter me I didn't like it I'm not surprised um, like we've got such a polar opposite taste in films I was like she's not gonna like it at all I've I've preferred it more to another movie um that might be coming up at some point um that I also watched recently but uh um yeah I mean like it made me jump and it made me anxious which is obviously like great signs and I like the gore, but like the, it was just, just very cheesy. And I'm not a cheesy film kind of person, unless it's like piranha style cheesy, if you know what I mean. So it's all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Katie just shaking her head, pure disappointment, Amen. disgust. Um, no. Would I watch it again? No. I mean, you will at some point. <laughs> um yeah I mean it's not on but my list of films to really even like the rest of the franchise I'm a bit like uh I don't really I've seen one now they're all gonna be like that so I mean yeah they're not <laughs> they're not well spoiler alert they're not <laughs> oh okay uh well it'll be interesting to see how they reinvent it because for me that was just probably like an hour and a half of my life I'm not really gonna get back again at least it was only an hour and a half yeah true what about you yeah I mean this film what can I say yeah I know I love this film um yeah it's great I don't know I can't remember I was talking to Charlie because me and her I watched it around hers yesterday and um I couldn't actually remember the last time I'd seen it all the way through and I think it was quite a while ago um I bought I bought round my my box set of all the Nightmare on Elm Street films, <laughs> which I was very proud to show Charlie. Um, it was like you know when like you were younger and you went to school and you did a drawing and you're really proud of it and you go home and show your mum. It was like that. Um, <laughs> and so we put it on. And um, but yeah, I really enjoyed watching this again. This is yeah, I mean it's it, it's one of the greatest slasher films of all time. Like it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Chantelle, what about you? Come on, spill the beans. I mean, there's nothing to say. Like, well, what can I not say? Like, it is, it's one of my favourites. It's iconic. I think the reason, obviously, even nowadays, people know who Freddy Krueger is because it's iconic. It's like, you know, peak 80s slashes. Um, there are so many scenes, and I was watching it again, I literally just kept, like, underlining parts where I'm like, that's an iconic scene. That's an iconic scene. Like, you will have seen them, either people would have tried to replicate them in other movies as like to pay homage or whatever you'll you'll still know those scenes even if you've never seen the films um and I just I generally think Freddy Krueger is one of the scariest monsters and I think he's one of the scariest concepts because you can't not sleep so I just find that fascinating uh, I will admit watching it 
they do again I can't remember what the last time I watched this all the way through I think because every time you and me watch it Katie we're normally drunk and fall asleep <laughs> we never make it to the end <laughs> I will admit the acting isn't the best but it's like an 80s classic so like it just wasn't back then and I don't even know if it was like the actors but every time they scream the sound is off because like they're it just wasn't as high tech but I still kind of love that because it's like nostalgic and it's like it's supposed to be a bit it's not supposed to be perfect it's not HD it's not blu-ray like we have nowadays it's supposed to be a bit naff so I still love it even if like I can admit that one or two moments I was like you didn't mean that line <laughs> I still love it it's um funny that you say tell about like the iconic scenes because every time something came up yesterday Katie's face was like pure joy and just like oh my god that's news and scream oh my god that's news here oh my god that's news there that's a reference and I'm just sitting there just like okay cool Katie like <laughs> I'm just trying to get through this scene <laughs> like Charlie next to me having like an anxiety attack <laughs> <laughs> I stood up a few times which means that I'm always panicking a little bit I'm not sure what over but even if you've seen like the Simpsons Halloween where they did this like do you know what I mean they just they take those scenes I'm sure they have done one I'm sure I'm not making that up Rick and Morty did one yeah where it's just like it's everyone knows what it's referencing everyone knows the song everyone knows I mean we'll get to the scenes where we're just like come on you have to have like that that moment that picture that image yeah I mean we'll come up to it there was only one which I thought I knew what was coming but it wasn't actually what happened so yeah we'll come up to it in a bit anyway okay. I guess I hope <laughs> so we do start the film uh in a dream we start it we see uh our character Tina who we learn her name a bit later but Tina is running around in a white dress uh, and she wakes up screaming and there's like there's rips down the dress so from what was happening in the dream has actually happened in real life and then her mum comes in to check on her and I love the mum who's just like either you need to cut your nails or stop dreaming like that as if you can control your dreams and I was like sympathy mother <laughs> yeah the next day we're introduced to more characters so we got Nancy Thompson who is our we'll later learn is our our final girl our main girl and we've got Nancy's boyfriend, Glenn, played by Johnny Depp. See, the funny thing is, I've heard two stories of how Johnny Depp got this role. One of them was that he was dating someone at the time who was friends with Nicolas Cage, so managed to get him an acting role. And another story was that when Wes Craven saw his headshot, um, he was like, oh, he looks like kind of punky and that, and put it to one side. But then his daughter came in and was like, oh, he's hot, he's tasty. And... So Wes Craven was like, oh, I, I don't know what Teenage Girls like, but obviously it's this, so hired him. Yeah, that's the story I heard. Mm. That's the story that Katie told me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so just going to go that. with that one. <laughs> Charlie, were you just getting your own mini podcast last night of Katie being like, did you know this? <laughs> Literally. It's like me launching Lord of the Rings, but it was just Katie just giving me all this trivia. Like, bam, it. bam, bam. I love it. But I also love... <laughs> Because we meet Rod, who's Tina's yeah. boyfriend, or on and off. I love Hot this Rod. Hot Rod. He's not. But I love this line where it's just like, I woke up from a nightmare. I woke up with a boner with your name on it. How can you fit four letters on your dick? And I was just like, you are a legend. I love you, Tina. Like, that wasn't the exact word wording, but <laughs> what a babe. <laughs> Tell you love a comeback when, like, like it's <laughs> your favourite. There's nothing better 
better than a bit of wit. <laughs> it's great. So loves to come back, come back in a horror film. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Tina starts to realise that Nancy'd also had a bad dream. So they're mm. getting a bit suspicious of what all these linked dreams mean. Yeah, I think that's like the first time we hear about them having similar dreams. Mm. So it's like the first sort of like hint we get that maybe something is connected. And also in the dream, like we do sort of see Freddy Krueger, but he goes past them. Like he doesn't actually kill them, does he? Well, obviously not, but he doesn't attack them. He just obviously lets them know that he's there. And like yeah, it's really he just evil. Like- he starts yeah. with just like fucking them and then like the more tired they get the easier they are to attack i guess so he just starts with them not ever wanting to go to sleep so they'll be exhausted when he fights them oh he's got a plan <laughs> that's how you win the fight tire out your your uh, competitor he could just be like a toddler though because like toddlers like wear you out to fuck and like are you comparing your daughter to freddy krueger yes i am <laughs> Oh, can we dress her up as a mini Freddy Krueger for Halloween? <laughs> she's she's already told me and Katie that she's going as a superhero. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you uh, were listening later in the film, I don't think Freddy Krueger would want to be a toddler since uh, he doesn't really seem to like kids. No, that's well, true. Well, no, he does like kids, but just in the wrong way. No, he just kills them. He's a paedophile. Not in this no. one. So. Oh. In the original script, he was going to be a child molester, but then a bunch of um, child molestation cases happened in the area. So they decided to change the story because they didn't want to look like they were just using real life horrible cases oh. to like make That's a film cool. and make some money. So they changed it. The I've obviously uh, researched the wrong movie. <laughs> I was in so... the new one, he's a molester, <laughs> which adds a whole darker level to him. But that was like so a shit. to the original script. But there's a scene coming up later where, like, I thought that that was, like, maybe the case because, like, his tongue. There could be maybe some sort of, con- like, connotations of it, especially now they're a bit grown up. Um, yeah. They're in high school, so maybe there is... Like, he is um, a creepy sort of character. So, and he, yeah, like you say, Charlie, like, there's sort of tongue elements. And in later films as well, like, there is that sort of hint towards that maybe he's attracted to them. So... Yeah, I think maybe not. Yeah, maybe in the present day of the film, maybe they he is he does have he is a bit creepy towards them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we have our first uh, horror movie sleepover, which always ends well, obviously, with the parents out of the house and all the teenagers in one. Hey. Um, although again, it's the typical way that like Tina goes upstairs with Rod to have sex, and then. Uh, um, Glenn and Nancy stay downstairs and Nancy won't have sex because she's like, no, no, we're here for Tina. And I just love the, like, Johnny Depp's character's listening and he's just like, oh, morality sucks. <laughs> like, he hates yeah. I know. Um, but typically the ones that didn't have sex get to live a little bit longer, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They're the rules of a horror film. Go stay virgin. I mean, I don't know if Nancy was a virgin, but she uh, at least didn't get laid that night, so he bought her an extra <laughs> night. <laughs> Yeah, I quite like that, that that it's not kind of like massively hinted that 
she's a virgin because I quite that's a bit more refreshing it's kind of like in um in Cabin in the Woods where she's the nearest thing to a final girl but she's not like too you know it's not that sort of stereotype final girl as it usually is Um, but then we have one of our first, I would call iconic scenes where they're sleeping and um, I've written Tina hears stones against the, oh no, it is Tina hears stones against the window and then she goes and checks and starts walking around and Nancy is asleep in bed and she's like holding the crucifix, but then the wall behind her starts to oh, yeah, that's thing. cool. Yeah, yeah, the crucifix falls down, doesn't it? And I was like, oh, is he like getting rid of the crucifix like a bit like what we had in Conjuring like flips them all around and so it doesn't protect them and I was thinking oh maybe he's like fucking it off out the wall so that he can attack them and then obviously like you see him come through it it was yeah it was just a bit weird I really didn't like the effects here it was really shit it was the 80s they did the best (laughs) they could um but that picture is used on like posters and stuff so that picture's seen quite a lot yeah, I do find it weird with the crucifix that, like, he wants to get rid of it or that they keep picking it up because in the nursery rhyme, it's five, six, grab your crucifix. But there's no actual reference to it in the film of whether the crucifix would help or not. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I said to Katie, as soon as, like, the thing came down, I was like, well, that crucifix has got something to do with it then. Um, and then <laughs> and Kate was like, did. I actually forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it's just a one-scene wonder. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, and then I put, and then Freddie and his stupid long arms chase Tina and cut off his own fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was a bit disappointed that that's kind of like, it. it's really fun to like me and I guess fun to fans, but for like someone that's maybe watching it, like, not speaking for you, Charlie, but like for the first time, and you see the long arm, like the bit, the shit SFX. It's not, I was thinking in my head, oh, this isn't a great first impression of, of Freddy Krueger, but like, I know it, I, to me, like it makes up for it in the film, but I, I was a bit disappointed with that first sort of scene of him. So for me, like I again, I pointed out to you, Kate. I was like, "Why the fuck has got long hands?" And I was thinking, "Slender Man" in my head. <laughs> like that's the first thing that came to mind. I was just like, "What is going on?" Like I thought he just has like a creepy hand or something, like the, the knives, or whatever it is, coming out of it. But um, I think. The- point is because he's in your dream you can dream anything so the point is yeah. he can be anything he can do anything and it is slightly crap effects because it's the 80s so I kind of forgive them for that and again for you absolutely and me, yeah it's like charming whereas for Charlie she's like what the fuck is happening yeah like yeah I didn't get it it was like this and that you just because just people can't see me so <laughs> again I'm just making arm actions yeah no yeah no I get I get what you're saying as well because like until I know what you're saying, because it, I, at that point, I think in that particular scene with Tina, um, he was doing loads of stuff. And he, it was kind of like he was almost it was almost showing you in that two minute scene loads of stuff that he all the stuff that he could do. Mm. So it like set up the viewer to know, know in the future, you know, what what he was capable of sort of thing. So like you say, it's, how, it's a dream. So, you, you know, Tina's dream. Obviously, he does have like gangly arms or whatever. <laughs> Never out of reach, I guess. <laughs> maybe, maybe she really likes group hugs, and that was like a way of somehow incorporating that into. Her I think you're reaching a bit far, but we'll uh, we'll allow I mean, it. I mean, there is a lot of things wrong with this scene. Like, I'm no just pun intended. Straight up, no like it was shit. 
Um, yet again, I'm, I'm just going to fucking rip this film into shreds. I'm really sorry. I expected like, nothing less. As a first time viewer, like, what the fuck? No, basically. That, that was my, my first impression of proper Freddy Krueger, the first one we probably saw him. What about him cutting off his fingers? Yeah, no, what? What the fuck? Like, and I, I was expecting his fingers to like maybe grow back. That I could understand, but way like it splurts out I like whatever it bit. is. Because it's not proper blood either. No, it's dream blood. I know, but I was <laughs> thinking like, because if it showed him like growing back his fingers, because it's like self-inflicted or something, at least then it's like a bit more make-believe like this in your dream, whereas like it's not enough your fingers to be like, oh, look. Like, yeah, no. Nah. Wasn't a fan. However, there was the next scene you remember you saying to me that you actually really like this scene so when tina is being wrestled by freddy krueger obviously she's the only one that can see it oh. under the covers it's it yeah it's crazy isn't it it's like Fucking messy exorcism style because mm. i was like oh is it like a ghost like is freddy krueger a ghost um and obviously then we see the boyfriend wake up, get out of bed, and then we saw, see like the claws over her stomach. And then obviously she starts gashing out blood everywhere. And then like getting dragged up across the walls. I was like, oh my God, like maybe he's a ghost. Like that's the only thing I was like, oh, this is quite cool. See, this is the thing, because I guess he is a ghost because he's dead. But instead of coming back to fight like a normal paranormal sort of entity, he's come back in their dreams, which is even more fucked up. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, fuck. I, I like that she fights back. I like that she tried to put his mm. face, or did put his face off, but inevitably she he uh, does hack her to bits and drag her across the room until she dies. Mm. So, yeah. I really like this scene actually. I really like it. It's one of the best, I think, because you also see it from um, Rod, who's also in the bed with her. He obviously gets out and is like, "What the fuck?" And he's in the corner, and the camera has like it's sort of um, on his sort of like the like his view, his point mm. of view of seeing it. Um, I really like the camera work there and like if you could just sort of in the corner see him screaming and then it all going on at the same time I thought that was really cool and also it's quite believable his reaction as well because he's like fucking no one's gonna believe me yeah leg out the window and then obviously that wakes up the other two and yeah and they don't believe him (laughs) no funny enough there's blood everywhere your mate's slotted on the middle of the bed um, but no, and we find out as well that Nancy's dad's the copper and that he yeah. follows her to school the next morning because Rod comes and finds her and then he gets arrested and Nancy is pissed at her dad. But why is she going to school? Like, I know the mum questioned it, but like, why in all these films with America are they like, oh no, I'm going to school the next day? Like, fucking stay home. Well, this is what I was saying. Like, she got taken to the police station, obviously, for questioning. And like her mum and her dad were just like, what were you doing there? And it was just like, look, mate, she's just witnessed a mate's dead body and fucking blood and carrot all up the wall. Like, mm. Side note, I will say, um, Nancy's dad is played by um, John Saxon, who is, well, I th- I've mentioned him in From Dust Till Dawn because he was in that. Um, and he was also in Black Christmas um, and, and a couple of other, Nightmare on Elm Street films as well so he's a little he died recently but yeah he's a he's a little horror icon that's uh 
that's been in these films. So I, as Wes Craven as like a full horror fan, I think he was probably quite stoked to have him involved in it. So that was a cool little nod to horror films there. That's cool, I like that. And then I kind of like the next bit because Nancy's in her lesson and she falls asleep. So... We've all been there. <laughs> um, but yeah, she sees, well, she thinks she sees Tina in the hallway getting dragged around in the body bag and then ends up in the boiler room because, you know, every school has a boiler room you can just wander into. Like, I have no idea where our boiler was in our school. She runs into that um, girl as well with the stripy jumper, but obviously it ends up being Freddy Krueger. But like, you're not really sure. You're like, is it just like a little nod to Freddy Krueger? Like, is it just a random girl? And then obviously you find out when she starts speaking, it's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's like, what? But this is what I like about it is like you're never sure who's awake and who's asleep and it's so like smooth between the transitions that it does kind of disorientate you so when you're watching it yeah. you're like wait which bits which bit are they awake for which bit are they dreaming um and yeah but she does just uh she burns her arm to wake herself up which I thought was quite smart actually mm. um, I don't think I would have thought of that I would have just cried no because she starts screaming at him like I like you're not here or something and I was like yeah I know I wouldn't have done that I'd just been like fuck another nightmare <laughs> yeah exactly I wouldn't have done anything I would have been like well I'll wake up soon so it's fine <laughs> Someone in because I thought my teacher was going to wake her up because that's what normally happens when you fall asleep at school um, but obviously that didn't happen so she's probably like lashing out in like at the back of a class like no one thought to like you're right, mate like you're good like, I don't know if she was thrashing at that point because like as we said like Kruger doesn't really attack them straight away he kind of builds up to it so like she wasn't a, she wasn't fighting him at that time she just knew she had to wake up so she burnt herself well maybe they were distracted because the woman that plays the teacher is sorry i'm just doing this again <laughs> do it, oh, do it. Again. i'm you so annoying it. man lynn <laughs> shay lynn shay plays the teacher and she um did she's um i can't remember her name but the woman in insidious she does those films. Um, she's been in Amityville. She's been in a couple of other. Um, she's been in a Ouija, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, The Grudge. She's again another horror icon. Cute Katie screaming at the TV. Oh my God, she's in Insidious. Like, this is it. Like horror icons everywhere from this film. They they are. Oh, they brought so many people to the screen. <laughs> and I didn't actually realise before that she was in this. It's only the first time I'd actually noticed that she was in this one before. So, um, yeah, that was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. And then she tells the teacher she's going to fuck off home and it's okay. She's okay. She's going to walk home. I think she's that's good. a thing in America where, like, seniors can just walk themselves home. And, like, they don't have to yeah. call parents or anything. I don't really know. I guess it's like the equivalent of our college and I used to walk out of college. We went through this in our Piranha <laughs> episode, Tal. Yeah, exactly. Year so if, like, is 16. Wait, what? They're seniors senior they're 16? Yeah. Surely they're 18. Because that's I'm our college. Sure oh, well, gosh. one of them drives. Which you can no, drive. In America, you can drive from 14 in America. Okay, let's assume she's 16, 17, and she has she, permission she's 16, to go home. 16, 17, 18, somewhere also, in there. Her mum, her mom, her teacher knows she's just lost her best friend. Like, I've worked in a school, I ain't stopping that kid walking home. Like, they need to be at home right now. 
Yeah, it's not like when you know when you're in primary school and that one kid always should just run away and the teacher always has to run after it. <laughs> My child. And you'd all be looking outside the classroom like, <laughs> where are they going? Oh, you went to another we had it here. Oh, well. <laughs> maybe we did. Or, maybe it was me. Or there'd be like, um, obviously in our school, there used to be the maths block and you'd look, look outside towards the uh, the junior school playground and you could see like all the chavs walking past like really late, like having a fag in that during what was meant to be their lesson time. Yeah, there's nothing scarier than scaring the primary school kids. Like, fuck off. Just go to your lesson, you dickhead. <laughs> quite like being on litter duty at uh, um secondary school because then you'd go around like <laughs> oh that's when you knew that you like fucking sucked up to the teacher when you got that <laughs> who the fuck had oh, litter fuck duty me i was Why? always on litter duty i don't know but it meant like you like one lesson like after <laughs> second break or lunch or whatever like you'd go around like pick up all the litter with like your little sticks and that and like that's elite. Get off that's doing fucking elite that really? sounds like a detention, just like in the middle of the no, day. That's great. Right. They I disguised it. it as a good thing. Good <laughs> I, was, I was part of Eco Club, so like I think that's probably why. Oh, you're an Eco Warrior. Yeah. Who else was part of it? Oh wait, we, we can't put that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say who, but there was. Give involved. their name and address. <laughs> uh, so we didn't have to go like with Mr. Berwick. Who's Mr. Uh, Berwick? The caretaker. Oh, <laughs> this teacher that only Charlie knew. Now that is a scary movie. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys not remember Mr. Berwick? Do you guys not remember Mr. Berwick? He was my next door neighbour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tall guy used to wear like a white sheet and have some holes cut out of it. Fucking <laughs> hell, <laughs> <Lucky now>, guys. <laughs> he was a little bit see-through, didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> it was the jackal. We can. We had to pick up the litter for him because his hand went through it. It was very suspicious. <laughs> She's not happy. She's fuming. She's fuming because we forgot Mr. Barrick and he was an angel or a ghost. I'm not sure. Slight tangent See, here, but anywho. <laughs> So yeah, she she walks out of the school um, and she notices the burn mark on her arm from, from the dream. So obviously that means that things in her dream can come out in real life. So Nancy actually goes to see Rod at the police station because Nancy's dad, as we said earlier, had Rod arrested for the murder of Tina. Basically, so then Rod talks about what happened to Tina and what he saw and she wants to believe him you can tell and well she well she does start to believe him because obviously she's just had that dream so she's starting to think hmm something's not right Hmm. um and yeah so then he talks about his own nightmares and it probably brings her back to what like Tina was saying before about her nightmares and Nancy's nightmares so it all starts to kind of like link a little bit so yeah so then Nancy starts to think that Freddy Krueger, although he she doesn't know it's Freddy Krueger at this point, but Freddy Krueger is the one that's doing that's that's doing these things that, that killed Tina. So yeah, shit's going down. Okay. And then the next iconic bit is Nancy in the bath, which 
I, I was like, I would say it's really iconic. I'm actually trying to find now if it's uh, where that scene has been referenced in other films that Charlie, you might know. But it's just that where the hand comes up through the middle. And yeah, I think any film, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head, but where you see like a girl with her legs open, that's all I think is like Kruger's hand is going to come through the middle. I hadn't actually seen this before or knew that that was coming. I mean, I could sort of work it out when like she was obviously falling asleep and her legs wide open, but I hadn't actually, yeah, seen seen the actual OG reference for it before. <laughs> but he gets interrupted because mummy knocks on the door, makes sure that um, Nancy isn't falling asleep in there. And she's like, no, 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 I won't. And like three seconds later falls asleep, but then gets pulled under the water but it's like a lake-sized water all of a sudden. It's like swimming pool. Mm. And she's trying to like pull herself out of the bath. Mm. Like, again, I kind of love how it's so fluid between, nah, excuse the pump for water, but it's so fluid between like dream state and like awake state. Um, I just think it's re- like, that makes it so much scarier that it's like, it happens. Yeah, that is cool quick. actually. You see well, like I- her head come up above the bath and then like all below is just complete dream state. Yeah, it's weird. What I couldn't understand here was obviously she comes up gasping for air and like tapping around, like obviously trying to get attention. But is she awake then and then, or is she asleep? Because obviously her mum hears her and comes in, but she's out of the, I, I, yeah, it just wasn't very sort of fluid enough for me to really like, like know whether she was in a dream or not, which I guess is good, but it just was a bit too confusing. Mm. I think it's like her mum then comes in and she's in a towel and she's like oh I'm okay I just slipped and I I kept thinking like why are you not just telling your mum like why are you not telling like I know it's so hard as well because at the moment they just think they're like really like they're realistic scary dreams but it's like tell someone it doesn't help when her mum's like so fucking extra as well like with everything she does she's so dramatic and just like floats around the house (laughs) she's like she's a strange Strange well, character, we isn't she? Yeah, we don't know bit. that she's an alcoholic at this point, do we? Or isn't I it mean... There's a few <laughs> vodka bottles going around in this film. But... Yeah, I, I don't think it's like um, it's hinted at just yet. Not as much as they, they like go full hand with it sort of towards the end of the film. But right now, yeah, you can't really, you don't really know, I don't think. Yeah, she's just a bit mm. ditzy at the moment. Um... A bit of a shit man, basically. Uh, so shit, she doesn't even notice that Johnny Depp keeps no- uh, sneaking in the bedroom window every night. Um, but I hey. love when Nancy then looks in the mirror and she's like, oh, I look so old, I look like 20. And it's like, fuck you, right? <laughs> Although, was she graying? Or was that the light? She was, wasn't she? Yeah, I think it's out yeah. of no sleep and stress. And yeah, that can happen. Yeah, she did have life. So I, I like that little touch. You can go grey overnight, just to let you know. I mean, I've had grey hair since I was eight, so. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, obviously. But no, it was. But they'd done it quite subtly, so it was kind of like it showed how much stress she was under. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know if it's just catching the light wrong. I don't mm. know. If it genuinely, is that? Um, I think it's emphasised a little bit more towards um, like the second half of the film, but like it definitely, like you say, like when she's looking in the mirror, there's definitely hints towards it, like her physical appearance. Yeah, like she, her eyes are going like worse. brightly blacker as well, and like her yeah. skin's looking quite drained. Mm. Um, and I think her mum even picks up on the hair bit at some point. I think it's after the sleep 
clinic that obviously we'll go up to. Um, but she just mentioned, oh my God, your hair. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Glenn, Glenn uh, sneaks into, into Nancy's room and he starts to sit on the bed and Nancy's like, bitch, please get, get the fuck off my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, who's, who's kicking teenage Johnny Depp out of their bed? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about this with, with Katie when it came on. I was like, it's like when you go around a boy's house for like the first time and like you sit right on the edge of their bed, like all politely up in their room knowing full well what's going to happen at some point and then they're, they're like oh you can sit on the bed and you're like oh no it's okay despite the fact that you're really uncomfortable and like literally your bony ass is like sitting right on the edge of the mattress and then obviously you make yourself comfortable then Johnny Depp appears and you're like oh yeah just uh, but Nancy goes back into her dream and she gets Glenn to keep an eye on her. But I love that, like, from within the dream, she's like, Glenn, are you still there? And then he, like, pops his head out. So I was like, how, yeah. how does that work in a dream? But I'm going with it. <laughs> Glenn, again, you had one job, man. Literally, dude. <laughs> but, like, I guess if it's her dream and she wants him to be there, I guess she can put him there. I don't really know. But yeah. how is she watching Rod? Like, that... Because she goes to see Rod in the prison and she can see Kruger coming into his cell. But it's like, how how can she see someone else asleep in her own dream? I wonder whether they've got like a connection because they're both dreaming about Freddy Krueger, that there's some sort of like portal in their dream or something that they can like, I've completely made that up. But oh, I pull it down to, I pull it down to Freddy Krueger as making them dream about the same thing as somehow linked them together because he's in one reality and he's linked them into his world, so to speak. And so therefore mm-hmm. their dreams have all come into like one. Actually, that would make right. sense because, like, he wants her to know that he's about to hurt his friend, her friend. Yeah. yeah okay. That's yeah, true, I'll give yeah. you that, Charlie. Well done. See, you're coming well around, done, Charlie. To film. <laughs> you're still coming around. Though. You're seeing the beauty of the film. No, no, it's still shit. <laughs> Even the things but... me and Tell couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> As a first-time viewer, I am proud of myself <laughs> right now. But then, yeah, Nancy um, wakes up. I think was it for, through her alarm, alarm clock? Because obviously, Glenn falls asleep. The yeah. moron. Yeah. And then she gets proper angry at him, like whacks him, like, I told you to stay awake. And then he goes home, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. But then they, she's like, wait there. And then as soon as she's got rid of her mum, they run to the police station. She's like, we need to see Rod now. And finally, they convince the police and they walk in just as he's being hung by his duvet. Mm. I don't think they actually see it, so I don't think they realise that also no. the duvet has done it without anyone supposedly there. I did like this because it cuts between them fighting to go and see him and then the duvet slowly making its way around. And I also like the way that it was set up to make it look like he had hung himself. There was no, like, gashes or anything like that mm. what they had with the, the girl earlier on. Like, it looked like a suicide. Yeah, it did. Um, and it that's when... purple very quickly as well because he was pulling it really tight um true they've got that traditional like um horror film funeral for rod you know when the the coffin gets lowered in and everyone's in black um and like it's at that angle you know i think it was the same with pet cemetery as well they had a sort of funeral scene that was similar to that (laughs) it's like the kind of one that you always see at film films or on the simpsons or something it reminds me of um, the Avenged Sevenfold video where Citizen Gates is on top of a coffin and it's getting lowered in. I literally can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I 
now. I'm in season A. Um, I say the Simpsons and you're like, <laughs> yeah, the, the stark differences between Simpsons. Oh, yeah, it's Avengers are involved. <laughs> hey, you know, we're all here for it. That's we're, cool. We're... That's cool. <laughs> There's gonna be people we accept everyone this. here. <laughs> There's going to be people listening to this being like, what the fuck is she on about? Like, symptom, <laughs> Simpsons is obviously like a symptoms. big cultural, <laughs> symptoms, um, obviously like a big cultural thing. And then I'm like, oh yeah, let me go in with my niche metalcore 2006, <laughs> whatever it is, 2005 maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, also, like the funeral's held pretty much the next day. Like that's very quick. They got them funds quick. If funerals are bloody expensive, there's no way that he had a funeral panel set out for him. Hopefully not in his teen years. It's a bit dark. Yeah. Um, but that is when mum decides that they need to do something about Nancy. So go and get professional help at a sleep clinic. So I don't think like Nancy's too keen on it, but she's kind of like, have to do something. Yeah. Um, so it goes through with it, falls asleep. I guess as well, like if you're having that bad dreams, like I think I would, because I'd, I'd kind of prefer people watching me sleep because then at least if I started fighting or something, people are there. Yeah, yeah same. that's what I'm thinking. Mm. Um, but they find the, yeah, so they, I can't remember the numbers they said, but like a normal dream or a normal nightmare is between like five and six, was it? Or four and six? And yeah, then so it's like different states. Yeah, and Nancy goes like off the chart when she starts having a nightmare. Yeah, she goes uh, into REM. Although saying that, so I track my sleep. Um, so you're awake, then you go into REM, then you go into light, then you go into deep sleep. Then they're saying that deep sleep comes uh, comes before REM, which isn't right. You do your dreaming in like a lighter, like in between stage. So yeah, basically they got that wrong in the movie. I thought you did dream in REM because it's resting eye movements. Yeah, your eyes yeah, are yeah. moving from yeah, the dreams. Yeah, so that's in between awake and light sleep. And they're saying that REM comes after deep sleep. Suppose it depends if you're going into sleep or out of sleep. <laughs> I don't um, know. I'm gonna shoot. Sort of, yeah. I, I'm gonna like either way, he says that like when you have a nightmare, it's between like four and six. And then it jumps all the way to I don't even know what it jumped to, but it was going like wee wee <laughs> up and down the chart. So they go and wake her up. And suddenly she's holding a hat. <laughs> and my mum's like, where did you get that from? Is it some kind of sick joke? Obviously, we don't know what the mum knows at this point either. So it's like very like, oh, what's going yeah. on here then? It's also like when she's like, is this some kind of sick joke? It's like you've just seen your daughter go to sleep. You've literally monitored it. Then you brought her in there without a hat. Where the fuck do you think she got it from? Like, she's been sleepwalking, even though you didn't watch her do it? Like, I just think it's so funny. That's why she's so extra. <laughs> she just doesn't want to deal with the reality that her daughter is actually trying to deal with her murderer or the person she murdered. <laughs> yeah, because then she... So that's when she sort of realises that you can pull more things out of the dream. Like, she pulled the hat. So that's planted in her head that she can pull things out of her dreams, which could come in handy. Mm. And then they have a bit of a fight because Nancy's obviously like, you know, pissed like you would be because it's like, can you see something's actually wrong now? And the mum's very defensive. 
so she storms off and goes meets uh, Glenn, who is eating because apparently he eats when he's stressed, <laughs> which, okay, I'm okay with this. Uh, <laughs> but he talks about, um, oh, I've lost the word, Balinese way of drinking, where if you turn your back on the monsters and you don't give them your energy, um, but then they use like dreams for all their arts and stuff. So it's an interesting theory that Nancy mm. is storing in her brain. <laughs> Foreshadowing of things to come, maybe. But I love when she gets home and like all the bars are on the window. She just storms in and like, mother! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One line is great. Yeah, she's not happy with that, is she? Absolutely. We've all been there. Again. I, are you fucking kidding? My mom was terrifying. I'd never have screamed at her like that. <laughs> Mother. Mother. <laughs> what are the bars? Uh, and this yeah. is when we sort of see a switch with the mum as well. Like she goes like proper off the rails. Mm. Like she's drinking. She, you see her bod- vodka now. <laughs> yeah, she tries to hide it and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And it's just like, okay. Like. But she takes Nancy downstairs and then she opens up like, ah, fuck, what's it called? The fire pit, but it's not a pit. It's like an actual stove. Furnace. Thank you, furnace. Uh, (laughs) Quite a big feature of this film and I forgot the bloody word for it. Um, But she opens that up and she pulls out something and then she tells Nancy all about Freddy Krueger's backstory. So we learn he was a child murderer and he got off with no jail time because how does she say it? Ah, the... The lawyers got rich and the judge got fat or something like that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the phrasing. But Basically, they got paid off by... Yeah. Someone forgot Kruger. to sign like, a line, uh, the paperwork. Kruger got off. So the parents tracked him down and killed him. And she kept the glove. Why would you keep the glove? I mean, I kind of would. him alive. I didn't get that either. Like, is it like a little memory? A souvenir. I yeah. mean... Killers do tend to keep souvenirs. Now she's just become a killer. Yeah. Mm. Maybe that's when she started drinking. Yeah, I think that was the source of her drinking is that she's done this thing. And kept a souvenir. And then stored it in a furnace in the basement of her house. But yeah, so Nancy calls Mr. Depp. Uh, Can Mm. we bring back? guys in crop tops because that's a good look <laughs> do you think oh um, fuck off mate <laughs> i mean it was definitely an 80s thing you only really see it in like 80s movies uh and i think it was yeah. uk that pointed out um tatum in scream rocks that look as a tribute yeah buddy oh, she, oh, oh sorry did she bring that up last night as well obviously obviously oh my god that's the stuff that tatum wears i'm like Yes, Katie. Fashion yes. icon. <laughs> fashion, fashion. Do you know yeah. what? If we can rock them, why can't they? Well, you know, Wes Craven's all about references. He's all about self-awareness. And so that's why I loved it. It was such a, it was like a reference to his own film. Like how fucking baller is that? It was probably the same t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he's obviously like, well, your mum's clearly gone. A bit protective. I don't think he used the word protective, but I can't remember the exact script uh, with hmm. the bars. And then Nancy's like, right, at midnight, meet me on my porch. And I love that he's like, what am I supposed to bring? And she's like, you're the jock. Figure it out. Bring a baseball bat. And he's like, oh, baseball bats and boogeymen. Beautiful. <laughs> and he's like, 
Is it like the first time that he's referenced as a jock? Did we know that before? I don't, I think he, that is because like, was he the jock? Like the first half of the film, he seemed pretty nerdy. And then all of a sudden he was the jock. I was like, is this because they killed Rod off? They needed someone to take his place. I was yeah. gonna say, I thought he was like more like the the artsy kid that he was like get. sweater vests at the beginning, just and like then the sudden, nice boyfriend. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's going on about Miss Nude America and crop tops. So, so then I was thinking like, is Nancy the popular one? But she doesn't really seem like that. No. Also, in comparison, like right at the start of the film, I was like, oh my god, he's really short. He's only five ten, but because of that other guy. The other geezer, he's proper towering over him. I'm like, oh my god, Johnny big rod, super short, big rod, literally is big. Um, but yeah, like it proper threw me off. I was like, oh my god, Johnny Depp's short. He's no, he's five ten. He's not short. Not that that makes a difference. Uh, so Nancy tries to ring uh, Glenn again, and then the parents pick up and they're like, stop ringing, no, and the stepdad boyfriend i don't really know how he's connected he's like you just have to be firm with these i might actually just be the legit dad i just completely think he's just like, the dad man <laughs> let's just face it him. in horror films like there's never do you know what i mean they're never that bothered about the parents like that's no. how the teenagers get away with everything because the parents yeah. aren't really there so anyway the dad is like you just have to be firm with them and we don't want him talking to you and like but i like that they kind of leave the phone off the hook because you could back then now you have to turn the phone off <laughs> And then Nancy gets pissed off, breaks her phone, but it magically starts ringing. And Katie, give us an impression of who's on the phone. (laughs) Why? It's so good. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. I sound like that man turned alien in Men in Black. Oh, he's so beautiful. <laughs> I want to hear yours tell. Go on. Uh, your best shot. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No, mine doesn't work. <laughs> Ironically, for a husky voice. Rules going on. As I say, for someone with a husky voice, I did not go deep enough. <laughs> Charlie, give us yours. Oh, I can only do the tongue bit, but... <laughs> That's not any good on a podcast. <laughs> well, no tell she'll oh. probably pull that and then stick it on. <laughs> what's it called? It's all good. It'll get seen. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah, like a I, muppet. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought sound like the fucking the one that lives in the garbage I'm your boyfriend can. Now, Nancy. Who do you sound like? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen. I've only seen it once. Seen it once, guys. I, I don't know, well, I just think... Ke- I, I mean, Kate, none of us did very well, did we? So I don't know, Katie, off. yours was beautiful. <laughs> Fucking perfect, Kate, I think mate. You're just becoming Kruger, like, you're slowly morphing. I am. You're going to start growing out a finger now, what's next? Yes. But then the tongue <laughs> yeah, comes so through. Super long arms while she's at it. <laughs> yeah, those little gangly arms. <laughs> oh, but yeah, tongue comes through the phone. Uh, tries to lick Nancy um, but yeah and then over at Glenn's house he's fallen asleep because apparently TV and headphones wasn't enough to keep him up um, but mm. he gets eaten by the bed and he gets pulled into the bed very dramatically and then fucking like it's like a water full of blood but it's going the wrong way it's like just fucking like chaos and amazing 
like a shoot of blood, like a water fountain. Uh, and his mum walks in, and the poor woman has to see that. Like, poor. And she oh. just sees like a hole, and then like blood splurting out the middle of it. Yeah, but it's not pleasant, like to know that's your kid. Which, um, well, you, you have no idea what it is. Like, she could have thought that maybe it's like. I, I don't know, is it a waterbed to the 80s or 90s? It could have been like a waterbed that's popped. He's like just falling into it. And then for whatever reason, it's filled with like red water and just like bursting up all over the room. I mean, we, we know it's not, but it we could have been. Not. And when one of the cops goes in, all we hear is, you won't need a stretcher, you'll need a mop, which is like, that's a blood. So, so my question was, what do you think they actually saw in that room? that they didn't show because I really like that they didn't obviously they showed the blood but then the aftermath they didn't actually show any what was in that room um so do you think his body was there do you what do you think was there that was so because obviously the policemen there they've probably been on loads of murder scenes before what do you think was like so shocking that it wasn't even on camera do you think it was just loads of blood or was it his body I thought he was like maybe inside out because you asked me this last night and I thought maybe like his actual like yeah just inside out that's the only way I can describe it yeah I kind of think like it was just he'd literally been like squeezed dry of blood and it was just like skin splattered on the floor although his bones would have still been a problem but just like literally just like a skin suit left Oh, maybe cool. inside out maybe the right way around I don't know what'd be more disgusting if I'm honest <laughs> no, no, no it's, it's interesting that we've got like different ideas over over that I don't know what what about you Katie what did you think yeah I don't know I guess I hadn't really thought about it um yeah I guess when they say you would need a mop I guess tell that would make sense that it's kind of just like he is just everywhere in lots of different places in the room so yeah fucked up well, now I'm thinking about it, like maybe he's like burst into like millions of pieces, and that's why obviously there's blood everywhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now Nancy is pissed. So I mean, to be fair, by this point she's lost like all her friends, so she's super pissed, and decides to go home alone style and set loads of traps and tells her dad to come and wake her up in 20 minutes. Um, or not wake her up that he's got to come and help her in 20 minutes. Uh, this he she asked him this before he goes into a crime scene and see what happened to her boyfriend over the road. So obviously that's going on, and like he obviously doesn't believe her either, and like just asked for one of the cops, like yeah, just keep an eye out in case anything suspicious happens. But yeah, I like the little um uh like little montage of her setting up the traps, like the little Home Alone sort of style montage. I thought that was quite good. <laughs> that's quite fun. <laughs> I love as well that she's literally been drinking like endless coffee and then he's like right now I'm gonna go to sleep and I get she hasn't slept in like seven days so I figured she probably would fall asleep early but or easily what I did yeah. find funny is on one of the scenes the mum took away like a coffee pot in her room obviously thinking ah, ah, ah. and then she's still got like a cup coffee in a cafeteria yeah. like just next to her like, a little emergency going. one <laughs> <laughs> and like she takes the be uh stay awake quick reacting sleeping tablets as well and they obviously don't work as well and it's just like mate where's your fucking red bull at where's your (laughs) what is it relentless i don't think they had that in the 80s well monster 
Lucas Aid. That's an old one. It's been going for ages. That was like a sponsor for Lara Croft, wasn't it? Did I, I tell you? He's like the obvious one, though, isn't it? Quaffy. Yeah. Did I, I tell you the other week I had a double espresso flavored monster, which just tasted Fuck like me. it just tasted like coffee in a can. Uh, I'd only had five hours sleep because I was way for the weekend working. Um, woke up at like seven in the morning, down this coffee, went for a 5k run. And at breakfast afterwards, I was bouncing so much. My boss was like, you're not allowed any more coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, you on Monster and Coffee. It's too yeah. much for me to handle. <laughs> it was a bad coffee. We, we need to put, just put her in a cage next time that happens. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was the fact I'd already gone for a run and I still was just sat there like, hi guys, how are we going to do today? And they were like, no, go back to bed. <laughs> that was quite funny. But yeah, but Nancy is successful. She manages to pull Kruger out of her dream. Uh, and then he's running around the house and he's getting coffee thrown at him and tripping mm. over wires and it's all beautiful. He, he becomes like super um, clumsy as well, which I guess it's because he's in the real world. But like, it's really slapstick. Like, every, he's really kind of like falling over stuff, and he's actually getting hurt by stuff. And and I was I thought that was a bit like weird. And then I realised is it probably because he's in the real world, so maybe mm. he's not as powerful. Yeah, although I do like watching it back. I think because it is again, it's like it's almost charming. And again, that's such a weird word to use for horror. But because yeah, it no, was like I... the eighties, and it's a slasher. But because he was being like, like you say, slapstick, it does kind of bring in that comedy element. So you're like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so you can still enjoy it, even though you're like, ah, the effects are great, but I kind of love it. <laughs> Charlie, I can see rolling her eyes. She clearly hated the clumsy Kruger. Yes. <laughs> no explanation. Just yes. <laughs> just yes. It was shit. I really didn't like it. I already know we're going to call the segment Clumsy Kruger. (laughs) (laughs) He goes for the mum. Like, Nancy goes off to try and call her dad. uh, And then they find him in the mum's room. Yeah. She's like, skeletal and getting sucked Mm. into the bed. Did you expect that, Charlie? Was that a bit of a shock? Um, So... Before we get the, the lowdown on Kruger a few scenes ago, um, I thought maybe because her mum was acting suspicious when she mentioned Freddy Kruger or whatever, I was like, oh, maybe like the mum's had these dreams as well before, like when she was younger. And like maybe it's something like every teenager thinks about or mm-hmm. dreams about or whatever. And I was thinking, oh, maybe she's been up against it and she survived. And now obviously it's her daughter's turn and she fucking knows what's going to happen or whatever. But then obviously the bars and windows happen and everything like that. So, yes, I was shocked about what happened. But then what happened to her as well would have been what I'd expect to happen in a dream rather than obviously they're sort of in the reality now. So it just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just too messy for me. That's fair enough. But then the dad comes in and then he's just like really upset. And Nancy's like, I'll see you downstairs. And she turns mm. her back on him and he loses his energy and she takes her energy back and he vanishes. Or does he? <laughs> or does he? Because you think happy ending. She's not putting any energy or or terror into him anymore. So maybe that's it. However. 
But it's not going to be, is it? Because Kruger's a bit stronger than that. Uh, but yeah, we get that nice hazy. I kind of like the fact, because this bit's hazy, it is almost like a sitcom dream where it's really obvious it's a dream. But it reminded me a little bit of Carrie at the end, you know, when she um, uh, her friend walks towards her grave. Um, mm. I don't know if you remember, but it's sort of like a cloudy camera. And it's quite it sort of is similar, quite similar effects to that, which I thought was quite because then you think actually that's that's not really happening. <laughs> they did mention in this one, oh, it's what about this fog, eh? So mm. it was obviously done on purpose, but it's just a bit like, all right, yeah, it was, yeah. And the mom's just like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna give up drinking. I've decided. Yeah, it's all perfect, isn't it? Like all of her friends are back. They're in the car waiting for her. Then the car starts. Like, I love as well when the um, convertible roof slams back again. They're like, ah, it's so funny. Like, this is perfect. We can't get hurt. And very quickly, they realise that the car is in control. They obviously can't see it, but we can see the top of the convertible is Freddie's jumper. And everything is getting locked. And then the car starts driving away while the mum's just waving. (laughs) I fucking love this bit because it's just as she gets dragged back through the window and they obviously swapped it to a mannequin and it's so obvious (laughs) yeah and then you see the little feet (laughs) i love it it's so 80s i love it like a blow-up doll no one would have known well Well, like the 80s isn't it the mannequin's feet the doll's feet were a bit like charlie every single time she jumped her feet just went up (laughs) and it was really similar like me yeah when you were jumping though you were jumping loads of this film Oh, this oh. jump sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Your feet were lifting up as well. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean about me jumping? But you, I, yeah, me jumping out of the movie because I yeah. had the anxiety threshold of a knit. <laughs> I do love it. It's just, again, it's so 80s. Oh, and you've got the little skippers, the little uh, the girls doing the skipping rope singing his song. Freddie's coming for you. I used to think I was so cool because I had that written on my wall. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Did you? Fuck no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, up. <laughs> I mean, you guys, like, my wall when I was a teenager was just like collage of posters, but one of them was like the Freddy Kiruga rhyme. So I used to think I was like the shit. <laughs> I, I remember that you used <laughs> you to. You were, have, man. I was, thanks. <laughs> you used to have like, um, it was like, like crime things written on your wall that you were like, putting together or something I can't remember this is probably a really weird thing to remember but you had like I can't remember what it was now but it was like crime stories that you'd like linked the 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 human cannibals human cannibal stories like those over in America you had them like written up on your wall I thought you were gonna say like you know in like a detective movie where you have like the the string (laughs) I was like it was very similar to that well I never had string I was never trying like a ball of yarn I was never trying to solve any crimes (laughs) No, but you had them up on your wall because you were telling me about. I have a really weird memory, and I can remember absolute weird random shit. Kind of a shit. But yeah, you you had like like little stories about um, like the human cannibals and um That's just in America. Weirdo. You were talking to me about it. It's just a little weirdo that never grew out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Only dive deeper in. Literally. <laughs> the end. The end. So I thought I'd just touch on the franchise of Nightmare on Elm Street just a little bit. Um, I know obviously we're covering the first film, um, but 
I guess I just wanted to sort of talk about how the franchise impacted horror and horror fans around the world, really. I mean, I would say personally, this franchise um, has more films in it, in the franchise as a whole, that I've liked more than maybe, let's say, Halloween, even though arguably Halloween is one of my favourite slasher films and possibly my favourite the films in between Halloween aren't as good, in my opinion, as the films in the Nightmare franchise. I feel like there's a lot more stronger films in this franchise than there are in perhaps Friday the 13th or Halloween, because in Halloween, in the middle, there are some very questionable films. And, you know, same with Nightmare, like there are some films in there that maybe aren't as successful, but it's just, I think it's just really cool to think about Freddy Krueger as a character as well, because like, I know we mentioned it earlier, but he is, I think, I think as it's, as there's been other other sequels and films that have come along along the way, he is definitely more of a lighthearted character. You know, he's on songs, he's on McDonald's adverts at the time, like people loved him. He was like an 80s icon. And he did get sort of funnier. There was like, you know, Freddy versus Jason. Like, of course, that was just a full marketing thing. Like that was for that was just feeding horror fans really just just to bring something out like that and that was very tongue-in-cheek and he to me is one of the characters in a franchise that's really kind of evolved in that way whereas I guess people like you know Michael Myers and things like that they've always kind of been quite consistent and even just like with the other films that were released some of the stuff's really interesting like the second Nightmare on Elm Street film Freddy's Revenge that got basically a documentary made out of it called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. And that's actually about, um, I've never seen it. And anyone out there that's maybe seen it, like please DM us, because I really want to talk to someone about it because I really want to watch it first, but I want to just know your opinion on it because it's about the second film. It's about the main actor in it um, called Mark Patton, who he's like the first non-final girl, but he is the final guy in it. Um, and it's got a lot of homoerotic themes in this film and there's a lot of like gay connotations and uh, Mark Patton was actually was gay um, but he was closeted at the time and it caused a lot of it really affected him because there were so many themes in it and people were wondering whether it was there was gay subtext in it like on purpose and it affected him because he was closeted he wasn't ready to come out yet and just something like that for such a just a silly film like Nightmare on Elm Street and for such and for that to have such a big impact I think is um is really interesting and it's, there's a whole documentary on it so if anyone's seen it please let us know because I'd really like to hear what you've got to say about it but even just that like is is interesting in itself and how that affected just one actor you know it even put him off acting anymore like that was the last film he did and he just didn't want to do that anymore which is super sad but mm. so yeah, I just think it's a franchise that's really interesting. And, and you know, Wes Craven, he directed and wrote Freddy Krueger. So this is his baby, essentially. And he's kind of like planted the seed. And he only directed one other of the films in the franchise. So everyone else has just sort of managed to have a go at it, really. You know, there's been a remake, which I hated, but I'm sure people out there like. Um, there's Yeah, like there's been spin-offs. There's been all these things that Wes Craven's created. And obviously Wes Craven is very... He's very high up in, in the horror world. He's very admired. And 
he also is a big fan of being self-aware in his films and satire like we know from Scream and a lot of references so I think that's also what people like about Nightmare on Elm Street because it can make fun of itself as well you know a lot of horror can make fun of itself but I think specifically Nightmare on Elm Street is it's a lot of fun and yeah you know and also Robert England the guy that plays Freddy Krueger he's so he's so cool about it like he goes to all these horror conventions he's really accepting with all the horror fans and you do sometimes wonder like you know, even when we're talking about Matthew Lillard, like he is essentially like Stu from Scream or Shaggy. And he, not that you should just accept that, but he does just take it in his stride and he really just goes for it. And Robert England does the same. And Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy, like they're still really close, which I think is really cute. And they, yeah, they both just seem like absolute babes. Like anyone that I've seen at horror, co- like who I've seen on Instagram at horror conventions have like, always said nice things about them so yeah I just think it seems to be just a really interesting franchise and it's something that's kind of evolved um but yeah so yeah so maybe it's not necessarily my favorite slasher film ever but I think as a franchise the films are a lot more stronger than maybe Mm. arguably Halloween or something like that or Texas Chainsaw amazing okay so I'll do a little bit on the SFX I say a little bit I'm gonna try and keep it a little bit I'm very aware that again I love the fucking makeup because it's burns and it's just so fucking cool um so the makeup was for this one again I will mention another name in a bit out but I think that was more to do with the franchise for this one the makeup department listed is Catherine Fenton as a makeup artist Ramona Fleetwood as the key hairstylist although I feel like that was more just for Johnny Depp to like keep it foof and up. Um, <laughs> David B. Miller as the special makeup effects artist. Uh, Mark Wilson as the makeup effects assistant. And then there was Louis Lazara and Mark Schustrom, who were also on the team as special makeup effects and foam latex technician, but they were both uncredited. So I don't know if that means they were kind of like quite small to the production or if they were like really new in the industry. I don't really know um, why they'd have gone uncredited, but that is how it goes sometimes. So let's start again. We've already mentioned Robert Un- England. <laughs> can't say our own country. Robert England was obviously Freddy Krueger, so his makeup would have just taken hours, and it did. He had to sit in the makeup chair for three hours while the team applied his Freddy Krueger makeup. Uh, so according to Wes Craven, though, he wasn't the first choice for Freddy because they were originally going to use a stuntman um, to obviously get through the scenes and be able to do a bit more. But then they realized they needed an actor for the part. Uh, so they brought in Freddy. And originally he was visioned a lot more gruesome with teeth pushing through the flesh on his jaw, pus pouring from his sores and a bit of skull showing through his head. But he was told it was impossible to convincingly make up an actor to look like this. So again, like they might've had to use like CGI and stuff, which would kind of lose the effect. And again, we said like Kruger turned up in music videos, he was so iconic. And I think that was because it was like, I wouldn't even say like simple and effective because the burn makeup is still really impressive. But I think because they didn't go like really over the top, actually it paid off. So another thing that Robert England said was that for him, he wanted Freddie to always stand with his legs apart and he stole it from James Cagney. And he said it was a pose that uh, inspires and signifies like power. So it just made him look really strong. So he had this really scary makeup and then looked really strong as well. And he said people always used to comment because one of his arms was always down. 
uh, and they were like, oh, it's really weird because he's got like this, this Freddy pose where he's always like looped, uh, lopped on one side. And it was actually because the glove was so heavy that he was pulling his arm down. <laughs> it wasn't even intentional. <laughs> it was just to get through having to carry the glove, which I thought was really funny. Um, and his favourite scene is when Freddy drags Tina across the ceiling. Uh, so this scene was actually done with a rotating room. So the other film that always comes to mind when we think of like rotating sets is Inception, which is obviously really famous for the hallway scene. But this one, yeah, so they did it. And the bit I read about the Tina scene was that actually it was really hard for the actors to kind of keep track of where they were because the room kept moving. The guy playing Rod had to just kind of like pin himself in a corner and just stay where he was because there was like nothing he could do. But the actress playing Tina was being thrown around and it actually kind of helped with her acting because she was so disorientated. She was genuinely screaming because she was like, I don't know where I am right now. So I think that's quite effective. Uh, and then they used the same set when it came to Johnny Depp's death scene. So when he was pulled through the bed, it was the same rotating set upside down. So everything was stuck to the ceiling and they poured, oh my God, let me get this. So they used 500 gallons of fake blood during this film. And most of that was on this scene. So obviously they had other bits with like Tina's scratches, but most of that was on this scene. And it was made by combining water with food coloring. Uh, and they poured it through the hole with the room upside down and spun it. So they poured it through the ceiling, but what they didn't, re sorry, poured it through the bed, but what they didn't realize was that the light on the floor, but was obviously meant to represent the ceiling, was obviously electric and it was powered. And then they put the water through and the room spun and it threw the water everywhere and the light started to electrocute the water. So, and then because it was like splashing a bit further than it should have, like um, all the crew were having to jump out of the way to like make sure they weren't hitting this water because it was now officially electrocuted. Um, oh, so yes, that was from uh, a documentary called Never Sleeps Again. So yeah, that was a bit, they described it as a bit of an oops. And I was like, a bit of an oops, you could have killed the entire crew. But there <laughs> we <in> go. <laughs> I know, right? We have a risk assessment for this one. They, they would have had a field day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last thing I just want to add, again, because it's just, it's wicked makeup. Like I'm, you know, everyone's seen Kruger's makeup. It's, especially this time of year, there's going to be a lot, a lot of uh, makeup artists giving it a go. Um, so one thing as well, in the later films, I actually can't remember off the top of my head which one, Howard Berger, our favourite, starts coming back. Um, he comes in to help with the makeup as well, but again, I can't remember which film that was where it started. And he actually had to start holding Robert Unglund's head still to get him, because he was, he's such a storyteller that like he'd be sat in the chair for like three hours and just chatting and telling stories. And he was like, no, I had to hold his head still to like actually be able to do the makeup because he was moving his head too much. <laughs> and I was like, that is one of my favorite things to hear about. Like you think of Kruger as like such a scary person, but actually he's just sat in the chair having such a laugh. He's having to get told off by the makeup artist to be like, well, you sit still. And I was just like, got an image of him in a headlock while he's having his makeup done, but yeah. So that is part of the reason why I love this film. It's just the makeup is so good and it's that it stood the test of time. Like you still watch this film and those burns still look real. They still look legit. So much better than they look in uh, than in the remake. But that's my personal opinion and an opinion shared with many, many others. So <laughs> Katie included. I must agree with that. Like yeah. the remake is trash. So like, yeah, hundred percent agree. I think wow. less is more. And sometimes CGI just completely ruins shit. So it really does. yeah, it's like the Hobbit movies, guys. 
It's like Jurassic Park. Jurassic World just isn't like as effective. Like, oh, yeah. I love Jurassic World. But I'm not sorry. Jurassic Park would be better if we just used real dinosaurs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, but like there were puppets that were used in the originals, and it was like actual. Oh, the podcast in dogs back. <laughs> sorry, guys. Okay, <laughs> but yes. No, I know what you mean. I'm just teasing. Oh. Okay, now I finish rambling. Charlie, what did you think of the music? Dire um it's the only word that i can call this <laughs> oh my god you two just giving me a b look okay so the score was composed by charles bernsey um who uh, is an american composer of film and television scores he's a daytime emmy award winner and two-time prime emmy award nominee um and he's also um been a member or, or is a member of the Board of Governors of the Academy Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Music Branch. So he is pretty much, he is up there. However, when I say, um, so his first film that he worked on was in 1969 and uh, it was actually on the award, uh, Oscar winning uh, Czechoslovakia 1968. He's done quite a few movies since, like his latest one. Uh, he did like a, a TV film called Shock, <laughs> Shock Octopus versus Werewolf. Well, Werewolf. Oh my god, I cannot talk this evening. Um, iconic, I- iconic. Yes, he did do uh, quite a few um, '80s horrors. He did The Entity, Cujo, April's Fool's Day, and Deadly Friend. When it came to the score for A Nightmare on Elm Street, it was the under the recommendation of his agent um, that Bernstein was to meet with Wes Craven, um, who then hired for him to do his score. Um, and then working with Craven, he said that he was super easy to work with and he gave him a lot of freedom. Um, so he, they would like discuss ideas and like their approaches. And he was literally the first person to ever see the film after uh, Wes Craven had cut it. So obviously to fit music in, which is what it's like a lot of the time, but like he literally was the, the first one in there. And that's what they like go away for like little meetings, like have little chats. Um, because of the budget of the film, I think it was like 1.1 million. He had to stick to doing all the instruments themselves but he also really heavily relied on his synthesizer as well which is fine however the 80s they bloody love the synthesizer and like it is just so overused in this and it I feel like with music especially nowadays like less is more but this this soundtrack was all over the place guys like oh god it hurt my ears um so yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have much positive to say on it. I mean, I'm hoping his work nowadays is vastly improved. But yeah, I mean, it 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 wasn't too great. But yeah, I'm not really sure if there's anything too great I can say about it. Obviously, I would like to say that the sort of Freddy's theme is iconic, but for me, it didn't really stand out as like a like something that I'd heard before. The only thing that I could like pinpoint was the uh, one, two, Freddy's Coming For You, which is obviously a play on uh, one, two, buckle my shoe, like the uh, the nursery rhyme. Um, 
but like the the actual theme for him like as someone that doesn't watch horror like I can pick up things like uh the Halloween theme tune like I know um I've gone blank of other movies now but like you know you can reference certain things in certain movies whereas this it was just lost on me it was just yeah it wasn't great I'm afraid wow I've never heard anyone say that before about the, the theme song but there we go the new no it's interesting because I think I interest I literally as soon as I hear it I think I just get like I'm, like memories of just watching this film and just it's good memories oh, happy but, place. Um, yeah <laughs> I think there's probably a difference like between like obviously you guys have seen it more and you are horror fans but for me like as I said, like I can pinpoint like other like horror movie things, but this it's just yeah, it's, it's just not as iconic to me. I think yeah, that's fair. Okay, I think I can already guess our answers to this. But would we survive Freddy Krueger? Charlie? Well, I by the looks of it, no one can survive. So I think we're all dead. Like, if we're going off logic. <laughs> we never go off logic. <laughs> go on, Katie. Well, if you bring him back out of the dream, he is a lot more clumsy. So you might be able to, I mean, I know you'd fall asleep at one point, but you might be able to get away from him for a bit if mm. you pull him out because he was a lot more clumsier when you pulled him out of the dream. Like you could just literally like push him over. It was easy. He used to, you know, he was like knocking on the, like Nancy's bedroom door locked in when literally like in the first bit of the scene, he was literally walking through the prison door cell. So he's obviously weaker if you bring him out. So you could have an advantage if you brought him into real life maybe because he's less powerful but can you slot him in real life or does he just disappear like how's it work or is that going to be a spoiler for a late movie not not necessarily i think i don't know i mean things it's hard isn't heavy it? sleeper as well so like i'm dead ko'd <laughs> i'm gonna look like i've had an exorcism it's a hard one because even at the end, Nancy brings him out of her dream. And I know she kind of uses, like, takes away the energy, which, but she set him on fire and she'd done loads of other stuff. And he wasn't, although he was getting weaker, he wasn't dying. And then again, that final scene, um, he's back and he's stronger and he's, it's back in a dream. So I guess, I don't really know how he does it, but he gets back into dreamland. So I think even if you bring him out, unless there's a way to like kill him permanently but I suppose they'd already done that once I suppose he came back as a car like maybe he's a transformer (gasps) you can see him in transformers five next or whatever one it is that's due out I love the I I think this is why I love this film is because I know I wouldn't survive it and that's what makes it scarier to me because like a lot of films I watch and I'm like oh again like the first one we did scream I'm like it's just you know people I can kill people I can't kill a dream I've tried I've had some bad dreams I can't seem to get rid of them um so it makes it so much scarier for me but also 
the the films and the character of Freddy Krueger was based off of like real life events. And I know that sounds insane, but there was like cases where people were having such bad dreams. And there was like a story of a, a young boy, I think it was in LA. And then there was somewhere else where there was like a tribe of children who kept having bad dreams, but to the point, again, all the adults in a typical horror movie way ignored them, but then they ended up actually dying in their sleep from these dreams. So that's where the idea of Kruger came from. And that to me is so much more terrifying than any of the monsters that we've come across so far. And I think that's why I know I wouldn't survive, but I still love him for scaring the shit out of me for many, many years and many years to come. Fair enough, fair enough. So Katie, are you gonna try and survive this one? No, oh, <laughs> I was just playing devil's advocate then, but really, I just don't think it's going to happen, guys. <laughs> I love that you tried. This is why I did you tried this our, time. This is why you would be our final girl. <laughs> <laughs> so innocent, such a trier. <laughs> yeah. Tell and I trying to give it large, and then Kate's just like, no. <laughs> so, guys, what are we rating? Nightmare on Elm Street spooks out five. Um, who shall I start with? I'm going to start with, you know what? I'm going to end it on a happy note. So I'm going to start with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what I was going to do. I'm, I'm like, yes, I'm we with, do. You know what? I'm going to give it a five. Go but on, then, give not. it a five. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I, I withdraw that uh, Shiki five that I just said. Um, I'm. Oh my god, I feel awful because I know Why? it's a classic. Um, I'm gonna give it a 1.5 out of five. That is so low. I would rather watch the boy again. But what got you what got it the 1.5 points? <sighs> so looking at the positive <laughs> self. <laughs> I am. She's learning, she's learning. Um, I, I liked the scene with uh, where it looked like an exorcism. I thought that was cool. I liked the fact that um, I did quite like the um, the effects used. So another point. Uh, another point. Another half. Another half a point. Um, I liked the sound design, not the score, but the sound design itself was good. So what's that? One point five. There we go. Nice. See, and again, but this was, we knew this was going to be a low one for you because this is everything you hate. <laughs> I was going to say, I would give it a, another point, like a half point for Johnny Depp, but I can't really do that because his acting was not great. <laughs> He's better than some of the others. He is better than some of the others, but on the whole, the, the acting was cringy. I don't mind his acting in this. I just hate that his character changes so drastically in the first half of the second half. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you the jock or are you the nice guy? I'm really confused. <laughs> oh, how about you, Tell? Oh, five all the way. He's, he's, he's my dream boy. He's Kruger all the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. It's a slasher. It's iconic. The makeup's fantastic. Kruger is genuinely terrifying. Okay, the acting could use some improving, and you know, there a few effects are a bit naff, but it's it was a slasher. The 80s. It's a slasher. It's fun. It's the eighties, and it's yeah, it's you know, it's a film I've been watching for years, so it's got sentimental value. Sentimental is probably the wrong word, but I can't think of another word. Nostalgic, nostalgic value. Katie, what about you? 
I'm going to give it a four and a half. Um, yeah, I don't think it's my, it's definitely one of my favourite horror franchises as a whole, as I have banged on about. <laughs> but I think, um, as in like slasher film, it's not my favourite slasher film out there. Um, but I completely appreciate it for what it is. Wes Craven's involved in it, so that's always going to hype up the points for me. Um, and I think it's a really fun film and a really fun franchise. So, yeah, that's my 4.5. Amazing. And that is the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. Or at least the first one. There's a few more to go. <laughs> but not just yet. We'll give Charlie a break. Uh, thank you for sticking with us if you are still with us at this point um, and come back in the next couple of weeks because we've got quite a few things coming around Halloween uh, keep an eye <laughs> and keep an eye on our socials to see what else we're up to until then keep safe bye keep safe keep safe yeah fuck you know you sound like Boris Johnson oh fuck you <laughs> fuck you you don't get to say your line today I'm muting you don't die! <laughs> Don't die! <laughs> or fall asleep because Kruger will get you. <laughs> you can't take both my... <laughs> you can't... You I can't, can't and both. I did. <laughs>